1: Outcomes Rocket listeners, welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket, where we chat with today's most inspiring and successful healthcare leaders. If you like what you've listened to today or in general, please go ahead and leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. Just visit outcomesrocket.com slash review and let us know what you think. We're always excited to hear from you. Without further ado, I want to welcome my very special guest. Her name is Valinda Rutledge. She's the Vice President, Public Payer Health Strategy, Care Coordination Institute in Greenville. She's also a Senior Advisor for PCCI. You guys have uh, uh, gotten the opportunity to hear uh, Steve Miff, the CEO of PCCI. She's a Senior Advisor there, and she's also the Senior Advisor at SG2. Velinda has done so much in healthcare and is truly a thought leader in the space that I thought it would be so wonderful to have her on the show. So Belinda, I just want to say thank you so much for making the time to be with us today.
0: Oh, you're welcome. This is my first time doing a podcast. So.
1: <laughs> oh, so awesome. I'm so glad. I
0: listen, I listen to them all the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'm honored to be the first to have you on a podcast. And and I, I, I probably uh, what will happen, Melinda, is they'll be like, oh, she does interviews on podcasts. We want to have her on ours. So watch out. The tsunami's coming. <laughs> so- Valinda, why did you decide to get into healthcare?
0: Well, I was one of these um, um, individuals when I was growing up in high school. I wanted to make a difference in the world, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to go into nursing or be a uh-huh. lawyer. And really thought about it a lot and really felt very passionate in terms of um, going and becoming a nurse Mm -hmm. and um, making a difference in the world, uh, trying to transform the world in which we live in to leave the world in a much better place. Um, And I have always felt like that's sort of um, my uh, lifelong mission. And once I became a nurse, I went into hospital administration because I felt that I could even make a bigger impact. Um, But I never felt like I really ever left nursing. I'm just sort of taking care of the community in a different way.
1: I think that's so neat that, you know, you've had the opportunity to, first of all, answer your calling as a nurse, frontline, and then administration. And now in this, you know, sort of thought leadership role where you're really kind of at the forefront of of what's going on. That's super interesting. Uh, And I think it's so special to have somebody that has had that track record and go into what what you're doing now. It just, just, uh, it's so, so pivotal to have somebody that cares. You know, put the care in healthcare. Yes. So, can you give the listeners um, uh, an example of maybe some of the things that you've done lately and that that you're excited about? Sure.
0: So, I think there's a couple of things. One is um, one of the things that we've started working on, um, and I feel very passionate about is the understanding that when you are focused on trying to improve population health, which everyone is saying our goal is to improve population health, but when you look at the numbers and you realize that only 20% of population health variables are impacted by medical care, 80% of them are impacted by socioeconomic Mm -hmm. issues, our behavior, our lifestyle, our genetics, you start realizing that In order to actually improve uh, population health or improve the health of um, the citizens of the community that you live in, your perspective, you have to have a much broader perspective in terms of the stakeholders in the room. You cannot just have the physicians and the nurses in the room talking about the care within the walls of the hospital, but you actually have to have the public health department. You have to have food banks. Um, you have to have um, housing agencies so that you're able to look at uh, population health at a much broader perspective. And so it really does end up being, it has to take a village to make a difference in the population health.
1: You know, that's really interesting. Well, the, the, the statistic, you know, 80% is not actually related to you know healthcare providers right and and it's staggering because oftentimes we do think about healthcare within the four walls of the hospital in the perspective of of population health what what would you say a key topic that should be on every healthcare leader's agenda today
0: A key topic, I think, is to start looking at all the variables in the community that make the difference and start tying them together. Not just have on your dashboard in terms of preventable um, medication errors or infections in your hospital, not that those aren't very important, you need to have that, but you also have to have on your dashboard, what is the percent of uh, your community that you serve that um, have uh, food insecurity. Mm. That's the percent yeah. of uh, children in the community that do not have a stable housing environment. And so those are the things that I think that you have to have on your dashboard. And so at the hospital level, and I used to be a health system CEO for 14, 15 years, we would have things like, um, you know, in um, improving patient satisfaction, decreasing infection, Decreasing re emissions, and all those were very, very good. But as I've become very deeper in terms of understanding where population health is, is how we can truly have to make the impact to make the difference, um, it's become clear to me that that dashboard has to expand much broader than just within the walls of that hospital.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting, Melinda. And, you know, you've, you've, highlighted a couple things that that we should look at as leaders looking to influence population health, food scarcity, you know, access to to, to resources, education, Uh, you know, there's so many factors that could go into the equation, Would would how would you boil it down to maybe the top five that people should look for? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, I think what you have to do is you have to go into your community and actually do what we're calling data mapping. Okay. okay? And uh, uh, do a mapping, do a a data mining of all of the issue, the socioeconomic issue, actually start mapping it on, um, you know, on a map. uh, So you're able to see where the areas are at that has the highest risk. Hmm. Then I think you have to begin to link the variables together. So we found, for instance, um, the increase in re-emissions. A lot of that was directly related to individual's uh, not having a phone may not ha- hmm. be able to have a phone to call the doctor or be able to get transport to from their house to the doctor in terms of a follow up visit but they could have a neighbor take him uh, take them to the ed or they would call the ambulance to take him mm-hmm. to the ed so we began to have a relationship a couple things that we did number one is to be able to identify when um, our patients may not have access to Uh, phones, and so be able to give them some phones uh, that they are able to then have communication back to their uh, primary care provider. The second thing is we started training the paramedics to go out and see the patients and not just transport them immediately into the ED, but actually do assessment and see if it was something that was a primary care visit that could be needed. Gotcha. Um, So I think it's those kind of things that you have to begin to look outside uh, the traditional ways of, I just uh, go to the house, pick the patient up, put in an ambulance and take them to the ED.
1: Now, those are some really great insights, Valinda. And listeners, take a note here for your own practice, make a map. Make a data map of what's going on in your own community, in your own hospital network, and you'll begin to find some of the things that pop up, like Belinda mentioned, that will definitely make sense in how you impact your population health. Not all uh, models are made the same, right, Belinda? So there's really no top five. You got to find your own.
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Can you give an example of how maybe the work that you guys are doing at PCCI is is uh, creating results by doing things differently?
0: Sure. Um, what one of the things that we're doing at PCCI is we actually have developed some uh, technology, as some software that actually connects to the hospital as well as out to the food banks housing agencies so some of the community agencies so everyone is able to see what are the issues and um, to better care coordinate together. And I think um, at a hospital level, we've been doing that very well in terms of uh, connecting hospital data from the hospital to the physicians to Mm post-acute, but we haven't went outside the medical circle. And I think that's what PCCI is doing. They're really working on how do you go outside the medical circle into some of the those community agencies that are actually assisting with the socioeconomic issues.
1: And have you seen any of that data collection lead to improved outcomes?
0: Absolutely. Um, absolutely. You're able to see there's a connection with, particularly, someone that if they have a chronic disease such as diabetes yes. and they're having a food insecurity and mm-hmm. having to go to the food bank quite often, you're able to see that direct connection. Yes. And I think um, in the past, uh, the healthcare. Providers would just look at that patient as isolated in terms of I'm just dealing with the diabetes. Have you checked your HbA1c3? You know, what's your glucose or your insulin showing today? Have you taken it? And not really focused on what is the food insecurity that might be there that we need to get you connected.
1: Wow. Uh, and Belinda, I, I, I didn't even think about that connection. You know, like you talked about food banks, and yet this, this example is just wonderful in how you can definitely pull that data point. When you look at somebody, you can't say they go to the food bank.
0: Right. But if right. you can
1: pull that point, data right. point out of the community, it's, it's insightful.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: Wow, that is so cool. And, and something to, to, to think about, you know, how, how can we utilize this community data in such a way to make clinical insights?
0: Right. The other thing is, I think it um, really pulls the community together. So it has all of the community leaders, the community agencies working together for, with a single goal in terms of improving the health of the community that they all live within. And so it first starts, I think, with everyone having a broader definition of what population health is all about.
1: No, that's so, so true and and, and wonderful to get all the people to collaborate, you know, break down the silos and collaborate. Right. uh, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, can you share a time you you've seen a lot, you know, you, you've, you've been at the front line. you've been an administrator, CEO of a hospital now, you know, thought leadership and, and all these applications. What, what Pearl would you share with the listener leaders uh, of a, of a, of a setback that you had and what you learned from it?
0: Sure. Yeah. When, um, I was thinking about that today, um, Uh And one of the things that um, I I was remembering was a time in which um, I, it was when I was the CEO of a a large hospital and our executive team spent a lot of time in terms of identifying the answer to a problem and got a lot of consultants, did a lot of data, came up with a great answer to a problem. And we went to implement it and suddenly we got a lot of pushback from the community from the board in terms of um almost um a lot of frustration some mm. anger and we're sitting there saying well this is a great answer to this problem. It's yeah. like we're sitting there, well, why don't you see what a great answer this is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we took our time, and we thought it through, and we got all the data. and But it made me realize that you could have the correct answer, but if you're moving faster, then people are accepting it and you're not slowing down to have people understand Hmm. and accept it and be a part of it and be able to input into it. And for them to be able to, uh, to ask the question, what does this mean to me? What does this mean to my family? As humans, we will push back against something in which it feels foreign to us. And so I think what I got out of it was you can have the right answer, but if you don't have, if you don't take the time to really listen to an individual and get their input and have them be able to share with you what they need from that, then you will naturally get a pushback from an answer or a solution that may have been the right solution.
1: Absolutely, and it sounds like a big, big takeaway here. Don't make decisions in a silo and consult the key stakeholders to make sure that you're not moving on it on your own and you listen and you take your time.
0: And sometimes take your time. Sometimes it's better to do it a little bit slower, but more thoughtful.
1: No, oh, that's a great pearl, Belinda. And so, listeners, be sure that you consider these things. I mean, we have we have a lot of decisions to make in healthcare, and 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 we're all held responsible for the decisions that are made. Let's make sure we take the words of advice from Belinda here and apply them to our decision making. What would you say? We we've taken a look at that learning lesson, Belinda. But let's go on the other side of it. Something that is a proudest. Leadership moment or experience that you've had to date?
0: Sure. So um, one of the roles that I've had is I actually worked at uh, CMS. Um, and um, I was there right at the beginning when we started uh, the Center for Innovation in um, uh, 2000. Let's see, it was 2011. I okay. was there. And one of the programs that I led a team on was called Strong Start. And that was a program in which um, the secretary of HHS and the White House at that time was really focused on how can we improve preterm births in this country. Mm -hmm. And I, myself, as well as the rest of the team, called around the country and talked to all the leading experts in it. And one of the things that we started was what was called Strong Start. And it's in the midst of a still is a um, model that's being tested now. And we found that uh, one um, intervention in particular Um, really had some um, interesting um, results and one of the things that I learned um, with that was that you can do all that you need to do in terms of medical intervention but even with that there is a degree of number of preterm births that you seem not to be able to prevent Hmm. and a lot of those may be related to the socioeconomic, the stress within um, the environment that the, uh, that the mother is living within. And so they found that a concept called centering in which you actually, it's almost like a group support of other mothers that are going through similar that they found some of the initial research has found that the number of preterm births after actually go down with that. So out of that, I'm very proud that we started that model. It's still being tested now, and I'm hopeful that out of that, we'll be able to make some major um, impact in terms of decreasing the amount of preterm births in in this country. Because if we're able to do that, the lifetime impact upon those children and the babies are pretty significant. But out of that, what I really learned when I talked to people around the country was that that group support was invaluable. Hmm. And it's not to minimize what the role of uh, medical professionals are in terms of uh, identification of high risk and interventions, but there is something about someone being able to help you and a group support that understands what you're going through.
1: Valinda, you know this this program seems so wonderful, and and just highlights the fact that you know it goes back to the stat that you gave us at the beginning of the podcast, right? Eighty percent is you know social determinants of health, and then that twenty percent is what we could truly impact. And wow, you know you can only get so far with with healthcare. You gotta you gotta impact what happens outside. So so how do we fix that? You know, like okay, you, you found this data out so how do we impact those those levers
0: You know, I think the number one thing is for us to have a much broader definition of what uh, population health, and for us to begin to realize that it takes all of us, and that if we think that just within the walls of a hospital, we can actually improve health without recognizing that we need all the other community agencies along with it to uh, to assist us, I think that's truly when we will make a major difference in terms of seeing Hmm. Um, our population health measures start increasing in this country because as you know um, we're not seeing um much increase in fact we're seeing some deterioration um, in terms of compared to other civilized uh, countries so i think the broader that our definition is the more we realize it sort of takes a village the faster we are going to be in terms of making a difference
1: Oh that's uh, such a such a great great comment there and and totally agree got to broaden that scope. Belinda, let's pretend you and I are building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful in medicine today. It's the 101 course or the ABCs of Belinda Rutledge. Right. And so we've got a syllabus that we're going to construct with four questions in a lightning round and then we're going to finish with a book that you recommend to our listeners. Okay. Yes. Awesome. What is the best way to improve health care outcomes?
0: I think as what we've been saying is, is a focus on the community as a whole and get everybody in the room. Uh, don't try to do it all by yourself as a uh, health provider. Um, right now, everybody is trying to develop uh, accountable care organizations and they're getting their teams together. They're getting their physicians together and looking at care redesign. But I would challenge you, do you have your food bank? Do you have your housing people? Do you have, get all those in the room also
1: with you. What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid?
0: I think is not, not allowing your biases uh, to get in the way to assume that you know the answer and that you're searching for the data to support the answer. You've got to come in and look at things on a very, very objective manner.
1: How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change?
0: Well, I think number one, learning organization. You always have to be learning. You have to be learning outside your um, your uh, industry. Um, and you also have to challenge yourself and challenge the person that's in the corner that hasn't said anything. I think at the end, you have to say, hmm. you haven't said anything. What um, uh, what comment do you have? Because sometimes it's the ones that are the most quiet that has been the most thoughtful. Hmm. Um, or they may have thought there's so much groupthink going on that it Their opinion didn't really matter. So I think you've got to call on everyone to get their their best and their greatest ideas out.
1: That's such a great call out, Melinda. I love that. Um, What is the one area of focus that should drive all else in your organization?
0: Um, The focus has to be in terms of improving population health as a whole not in terms of just decreasing hospital re or decreasing medication errors. But truly, it's got to be outcome-oriented. It's got, at the end of the day, it's got to be, have we increased the life expectancies of our community? And what are the quality of their life?
1: And finally, Valinda, what book would you recommend to our listeners?
0: Well, there is a book that I read in 2009 that I continue to give to everyone, and it's called The Next 100 Years by George Friedman. Okay. And he uses, and I keep going back to it because you would not believe how he's been able to be very accurate in terms of his prediction of, of things. He uses um, what he calls uh, geopolitical in terms of looking at demographics, looking at the geography, looking at technology, and looking at our underlying culture. And he feels that is the combination of that that actually begins to predict the future and where we're going. And wow. so it's a fascinating book, and you would not believe how many times I've picked it up since I first read it in 2009.
1: It sounds like it's one that we've got to pick up then.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: It's it's on the list, Valinda. I uh, really appreciate you sharing that. And listeners, don't worry about jotting it down. Uh, just go to outcomesrocket.com slash Valinda, and you'll find all of the show notes, the things that we've discussed, as well as links to Valinda's organizations and the projects she's working on, and this book, 100 Years. Valinda, thank you so much for sharing. Um, Can you just share one closing thought and then where the listeners could get a hold of you?
0: Sure. So my closing thought is to understand that sometimes the way in which we have to accomplish our goals may have to be modified. Our goals do not have to be modified, but we have to be flexible. And right now, we're in an environment in which we have a lot of change going on. And we're not, and our norms are changing, our culture is changing, um, nice. where the direction, sometimes we think something ACA is gonna be repealed. No, it's not today. <laughs> <laughs> we have to really focus on our long-term goals and recognize that our strategies to achieve those goals could be modified. But at the end of the day, if you you have strong visionary goals to begin with, then just be flexible in terms of achieving those.
1: Wonderful. Truly love that. Great, great piece of advice, listeners. So please take note of that and think of it. Valinda, what's the best place that the listeners could get a hold of you?
0: Sure. Valinda Rutledge or vrutledge at ghs.org is the easiest way.
1: Awesome. So Linda, I just want to say thank you so much once again for for dedicating some time here for, for us and the listeners. And we really hope to uh, to stay in touch with you soon.
0: Great. Thank you so much. I really appreciated it. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.